So who do you think it was the most influential man in history? Recent most... or, or ancient or whatever. Mm, okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> most influential man in history. Buddha. Buddha. You think so? Yeah. Warrior, politician, poet, writer. I mean, there's. Uh, I see Gandhi. Gandhi's up there. Yeah. Probably more than anybody else because he did it non-violently. The greatest man that ever lived in this earth is Christ alone, because. He did not uh, do any sin in this world. He, he's a righteous uh, man, 100% man, 100% God. Who do you think that Jesus was? Was? Was slash is? Sure. Uh, uh, he was a wise man, a prophet. A Jew that converted, a teacher. Probably was more of a teacher than anything else. It was uh, his bud, uh, twelve disciples and his followers. That's what said. Jesus, Jesus uh, was God, you know. That's what you and I look at him as God. Yeah. Wow. I, so you must be religious. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> are you? Are you a Christian? I'm a Hindu. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Hindu. So we look upon uh, all the. There's only one God, so you know, be it Christ, be it Krishna, be it Rama, be it Muhammad, there's one God. I suspect he was probably a person that was very influential at the time. Uh, personally, I wouldn't say he had the the like godlike powers that the Bible would suggest, but he was probably a person that people followed, and um, so that in turn became a myth that, that grew and, you know, just based on his good deeds and probably the good message that was given to people without necessarily the, um, yeah, that kind of godliness that I was referring to. Um, I don't know if he was a real person. I think like, most people would think he was a real person and um, sacrificed his life for, for, you know, the future generations of Christians. Right. Even non-Christians respect him. Yeah. But um, as a non-religious person, you know, I think he's a, more of a symbol than just a human being that lived and died. You know what I mean? acknowledged his inner void. He knew he was separated from God, yet didn't know him. He humbled himself, with a transparent heart went down on his knees and asked, 
God, I don't want to live life without knowing you. Please show yourself to me. Weeks later, he had, let's say, an encounter of impossibilities that led him directly to Yeshua. The encounter was a personal one. It moved Adam, but his skeptical self wanted to know more. Was he the Messiah, the Christ, spoken about centuries before his coming? Is Yeshua the only plan of God to reconcile mankind to himself? And could Adam bank his life on him? One sure way to find out was to look at his impact throughout history. Just like the size of a ship can somewhat be determined by the size of the wake it leaves, similarly, the impact of Yeshua throughout history should leave such a great wake that the evidence will be drastically clear. Was it clear? Adam knew that Yeshua's existence wasn't a myth or fairy tale, as a myth or fairy tale doesn't have well-documented historical facts and eyewitness accounts in that day. Outside the Bible, there were many other witnesses, two of which were well-respected first-century historians. One was Publius Cornelius Tacitus, a first-century Roman senator and historian who wrote about Yeshua's death by Pontius Pilate and Yeshua's impact in the Annals. The other... Titus Flavius Josephus, a first-century Roman Jewish scholar and historian who wrote about Yeshua in the Antiquities of the Jews, saying, About this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man. For he was one who wrought surprising feats and was a teacher of such people as accept the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Messiah. When Pilate, upon hearing him accused by men of the highest standing among us, had condemned him to be crucified, those who had in the first place come to love him did not cease. On the third day he appeared to them restored to life, for the prophets of God had prophesied these and myriads of other marvelous things about him. And the tribe of the Christians, so called after him, has still up to now not disappeared. The first century accounts of Yeshua were way more than any other historical figure of that day. Even when people write dates today, it is always in reference to the date of his immaculate conception. Besides this, his words impacted the very core of people's decisions throughout the centuries. Adam had studied psychology. He knew people and what makes them tick. He knew that a person's words and actions are governed by their thoughts. Their thoughts are governed by their beliefs. Their beliefs are governed by the authority they choose. The authority they choose is based on the evidence of power. Therefore the authority they choose significantly impacts the way they think and thereby live. Therefore looking at the heads of state throughout the last 2000 years Many had Yeshua as their authority, and thereby followed his teaching. They were considered good leaders. Some heads of state rebelled against him, and went as far as to kill everything and everyone associated with him. Ironically, they were considered bad leaders. One of the controversial and celebrated political figures was Napoleon Bonaparte, the French Emperor. This is what he had to say about Yeshua speak of Caesar, 
of Alexander, of the conquest, and of the enthusiasm which they enkindled in the heart of the soldiers. But can you conceive of a dead man making conquest with an army faithful and entirely devoted to his memory? Armies are forgotten me, even while living. Are the Carthaginian army forgot Hannibal? Such is our power. I know men, and I tell you, Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and every other person in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have founded empire. But on what did we rest the creation of our genius? Upon force. Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love, and at this hour, millions will die for him. I search in vain history to find similar to Jesus Christ or anything which can approach the gospel. Neither history, nor humanity, nor ages, nor nature offer me anything with which I am able to compare it or to explain it. Now what about the key leaders within the science community? Adam was a scientist by profession, and as a scientist he had his list of favorite scientists from which he drew inspiration. Adam was surprised, however, that most of them had Yeshua as their authority from which they drew their inspiration. Yes, some of them hated religion, rebelled against the so-called church of the day, but they loved Yeshua. Some of them were so radical that they taught and studied the Bible endlessly. So against the opinion of many educators today, these lovers of Yeshua were extremely intelligent people, not ignorant. Therefore looking at Yeshua's impact on education, Yeshua's impact was enormous. Even though the ancient world loved education, education was reserved only for the elite. Now because of Yeshua and his teaching that every child is precious in the eyes of God, this itself fueled universal literacy. Even the big educational institutions such as Cambridge and Oxford and even Harvard all began as Yeshua inspired efforts to love God with all one's mind. For example, Harvard was founded on this statement. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ which is eternal life. And therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. Now what was Yeshua's impact on the arts? Adam didn't have to go far when he realized that his impact was colossal. Most of all Western art was about Yeshua, from the famous Sistine Chapel to the fresco on the local restaurant wall, from famous Christian artists and sculptors to famous Christian writers. Even the famous 20th century writer H.G. Wells, who did not believe in Yeshua, said this about him. Judging a person's greatness by historical standards, by this test, Jesus stands first. I am a historian. I am not a believer. But I must confess as a historian that this penniless preacher of Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. No man can write a history of the human race without giving first and foremost place to the penniless teacher of Nazareth. In addition, 
There were scores of composers who loved Yeshua and used their talents to exalt him. These were well-educated, highly intelligent, industry-changing composers. Bach, for example, signed all his works solely to the glory of God. And as Adam listened to Handel's Messiah, Yeshua's influence on them became crystal clear. Adam believed that the greatest impact should be on human rights. What was Yeshua's impact here? Mahatma Gandhi, a non-believer, wrote this about him. What then does Jesus mean to me? To me he was one of the greatest teachers humanity has ever had. As Adam reflected on this statement, was this true? Was he one of the greatest or was he THE greatest teacher humanity has ever had. Now before he went there he looked at contrary data first where atrocities were done in the name of Christianity specifically the Spanish Inquisition where 3,000 died, the Salem witch hunts and anti-semitism. But as an intelligent man he knew that this was contrary to Yeshua's teaching where Yeshua taught to love. When Adam looked at the countries where Christian restraint had been removed, disaster soon followed. For example, the regimes of Hitler, Mao, Stalin and Pol Pot were essentially atheistic bloodbaths. Just like some places today, killing and torturing millions. Adam soon discovered that no man in history even comes close to the good that Yeshua did for humanity. Even those that were impactful in the 20th century like Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King were all radically influenced by Yeshua's teaching. Yeshua's fingerprints were all over. But for Adam, eight radical things stood out. Number one, Yeshua taught to forgive where the world taught get even. Number two, Yeshua taught to love your enemies. In the ancient world, virtue meant rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies, never loving them. Number three. A Christian called Telecomachus stopped the gladiator spectacles. Number four. Christian missionaries stopped cannibalism in many primitive societies. Number five. Christians opposed slavery. While it is true that Christians own slaves, it is also clear and true that many Christians purchase slaves in marketplaces simply to set them free. Christians were the first people in history to systematically oppose slavery. Even the historians accredit British evangelist William Wilberforce as the primary force behind the ending of the international slave trade. Number 6. Christians Defend Children in the Roman and Greek time period, infanticide, which is the killing of children, was not only legal, it was applauded. Children were routinely left outside to die of exposure or sold, particularly if they were the wrong sex. Places in China, India and other countries who are not under Christ do the same today. However, Yeshua's teaching of children actually led to the forbidding of such practices 
and encourage Christians to take care of children. This in turn led many Christians to start building orphanages, just like George Mueller. It was the early Christian church who ultimately brought an end to infanticide in the second century, similar to the pro-life movement today, which is largely Christian is against abortion. Why? Because Yeshua values life. This is true love. Number 7. Christians defend and honor women. In ancient cultures and even in some religions today, women are not treated with respect. Aristotle, the famous Greek philosopher, said this of a woman. A woman was somewhere between a man and a slave. In India, widows were voluntarily or involuntarily burnt alive with their husbands on their funeral pies. It was Christian missionaries who were the major influence in stopping these age-old practices. Number 8. Christians care for the sick, handicapped and poor. Throughout history and even today, most religions shun those born with any deformity or handicap. Adam was shocked when he discovered this because he was taught that all religions were the same. Yeshua's teaching on the value of life led to institutions to support those handicapped, including modern-day hospitals for the sick, shelters for the poor and homeless. Adam wasn't naive. He knew that there were few good charities outside the name of Yeshua. However, Yeshua named charity stood out. If there was a huge famine or reports of a genocide like in Africa or other places in the world, most people in other cultures are unconcerned, except for Christians or those who were brought up with Christian assumptions. They rushed to help. The ancient Greeks and Romans didn't believe this. They believed that it is a problem, but it's not my problem. So why help? The Chinese proverb says this, The tears of strangers are only water. Historians record that prior to Yeshua, the ancient world had little to no trace of any organized charitable effort. But since Yeshua, many have started because of him. Even today we have World Vision, Feed Africa, The Salvation Army, religious hospitals, church-supported soup kitchens, thrift stores throughout many communities, and the list goes on. Adam was fascinated about Mother Teresa. Why does she care? These weren't even her people, yet she cared for the lepers, poor, and maimed. Why? I do it for Jesus. He's my all. If he is my all, then I must be able to talk to people of the person I love. Because I love him, I am here today. I do it for Jesus, for the greater glory of God. If we accept the good news that God loves us, that we are, his, that he, we are somebody very special to him, that in tenderness and love he has... He has created us, He has loved us, He keeps us alive and all that tenderness and love. That is the reason of all joy. And that's what Jesus came at, that my joy may be yours. The loneliness of Jesus, the pain and the suffering of Jesus in Gethsemane that caused 
perspiration of blood. I think that was much greater than even the crucifixion itself. Crucifixion was temporary on the flesh, but the, the agony of the loneliness or the agony of being rejected alone, being left alone, caused that perspiration of blood. And I think today we see that loneliness being relieved in many, many rich countries where people are going through a torture of, of being unwanted, rejected. And I think that is the greatest, greatest suffering and the greatest uh, poverty today. But I think that the, the simplest way to show God's love and that God loves us is what Jesus came to teach us, is that love for one another. We have to find sanctity in the work that God has entrusted to us by giving us a special gift. He has, to each one of us, he has given a special gift. Maybe I can peel only potatoes, but I must do that peeling of potatoes beautifully. That's my love for God in action. Thank you. It is not how much we do, but how much love we put in the doing. That's more important to Almighty God. Jesus said, I, I was hungry. I was naked. I was sick. You did it to me. If you receive a child in my name, you receive me. If you give a glass of water to someone, give it to me. Whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you do it to me. And to make sure that we understand, he said at the hour of death, we are going to be judged on what we have been. I was hungry, you gave me to eat. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you and in prison, you visited me. I was homeless and you took me in. Come, you blessed of my father. Adam was no fool. He had to admit, as Dr. Francis admitted, that Yeshua ministered for only three years. Yet his life has furnished the themes for more songs, books, poems and paintings than any other person or event in history. Thousands of colleges, hospitals, orphanages and other institutions have been founded in honor of this one who gave his life for us. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the governments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned have not changed the course of history as much as this one solitary life. <laughs>